Welcome to our series, Be Rich, It's Other. This is our Sova Beth. This is a project of our community. This year is about Kes Other and being rich. Um, and it's in memory of Beryl and, and Dina Epstein, Shalom, and um, Gedalia Ben Aram. So, being rich, Kes Other. Kes Other is a famous day. It's the American day, essentially. It's the famous day, and we're going to see how it's evolved into us embracing wealth. It's the famous day in which the Rebbe Rayat, the Sixth Lubavitcher Rebbe, came to America and the and was confronted by people who met him at the port and then went back with him, brought him to the place that he would be staying. And essentially they said, Rebbe, we don't want you to be hurt. But you seem to have a plan. And the Rebbe was very clear. There's a plan that this poor place called America. There's a there's a place that's spiritually poor and it's called America. And there's a place that was all for for a few thousand years spiritually wealthy. That's called Europe and Asia. And this poor place is going to become wealthy, as wealthy or wealthier spiritually than the than the formerly wealthy place. What does that mean in in, in actual terms? that for almost 3,000 years, since the time of Mat and Torah, even before, you had the proliferation of Torah in all the places around Harsina, you know, the land of Israel, Bavel, Babylonia, etc., and then into Europe, Europe and Asia, Russia, all of that. Tremendous centers of Tyra, tremendous centers of light being sent out to the entire world. Okay? Over here in America... Hmm. People called it the Golden in Medina, but it was really the place where people called the people who were steeped in Torah learning in Europe, got on the boat, came here, went to Ellis Island, and dropped most of it for some practical reasons, some not practical reasons. And basically, America was known as a place that in the at the turn of the last century, in the 1900s, up until 1950, essentially from 1900 to 1950, the place that would sort of eat up people's Yiddishkeit, consume it, and chew and spit it out, melt it down, gone. You know, the guy whose name was uh, Shmuel Katzen Ellenbeigen, they said, Hakarat, the Shmuel becomes Sam, and, and the Ellenbeigen becomes, Katzen Ellenbeigen becomes Katz. You become Sam Cass and hack up the, the kapata, take off the kapata, the long coat, and put on some kind of short jacket, and then eventually it'll be replaced by a um, golfing jacket and sneakers, all of that. And there goes Yiddishkeit out the window. It's from the old country. And, but, and the old country, to the, many of the people who came here to America, the old country felt like the place where, you know, that old Frachnafte Yiddishkeit, it's, it's out of style. We're with, the, we're with the times and things are different. And so here were these people that met the Friedrich Rebbe at the port, 1940, Kess Adar, and heard, saw that the Rebbe had a vision that he's going to make this place, all of North America and South America, into a place that's so powerfully a Torah place, so wealthy in Tyra, it will it will overwhelm the Tyra proliferation 
that was through a few thousand years in, in, in Europe. And they said, Rebbe, you clearly uh, are not too street smart about what the situation is here. We, we're here and we've been here for a while and it, it ain't going to go. It ain't necessarily so. Well, how's that one, right? It ain't going to go because it ain't necessarily. It ain't necessarily so, what you're saying, Rebbe, and therefore it ain't going to go. This is America. I want to be in America. Everything's free in America for a small fee in America. I want to be in America. It ain't going to go. And at that moment, a revolution was created. The Friedrich said, the Rebbeus said, America is nicht andisch. America is not different. Because so they were saying, over there you could do that. You could teach Torah in Europe. But you can't teach Torah in America. There's, it's not a friendly, it's not fertile land, fertile ground for it. You can't do it here. And he said, and the Rebbe Rayat said, it's no different. Now, how can he say that it's no different? He's looking at a place that was wealthy, spiritually wealthy. And he's looking at a place that he landed. He's very savvy. If there's anybody who's street smart, it's the Rebbe Rayat. So with this street smart view, you know, they say, when we're talking about, uh, in these days as we're approaching Parsha Zachar, and we're, we're dealing with a Malik, a Malik is the one on whom it says, Yaideas Rebainu Mechad and He knows his maker. He knows his creator very well. And he goes out to rebel against him. And someone, a great Torah scholar said on the Lubavitcher Rebbe, Yaideas Ailam Umechad and he knows the world very well. He's very street smart. He knows the world very well. And he has gone out to rebel against it and say, nope. So this statement of the Rebbe Rayat, America is not different, is coming from the very same place of deep Torah wisdom, essence, truth, grounded in reality. The Rebbe Rayat was very street, street smart. He looked old-fashioned, like in Europe. But he was extremely street smart. He knew what was going on. Because a Jew who's deeply steeped in Torah can tell you what's going to be on the street before it even happens because he experiences this within Tyra. And he knows that it will then devolve into something that happens in the street. He can tell you what's going to be in the future. He doesn't have to read the newspapers, although obviously there's a connection with the newspapers. But a, a, a true Torah scholar and a true Gadol and a true Tzaddik can tell you, simply by looking at the Torah, everything that's happening, he can tell you everything in medicine and everything in engineering and everything in psychology and everything in the news and everything that will be because it's all there written in Torah. So when the Rebbe Rayat said, this place is no different, it will be a center of truth and of Tyra, a center of wealth, and there's no distinction. Because he saw deeply into the essence of things. And the people who met him at the, on the ships who have been, were sitting in America were already Americanized enough that they did not, they were seeing only externals and they were no longer seeing truth. They had been captivated by Alma de Shikra, the world of lies, where what you see is not necessarily what's going on. What you're seeing, the world of Hollywood, 
They had been captivated. The people who came to meet the Rebbe, who had been in America for a couple of decades, had been captivated by Hollywood. Hollywood presents itself as if it's truth. And we know it's all not truth. You know, I happened to see an interview a couple of days ago of a famous rock singer, or is it a famous singer? She's Jewish. She's Jewish. I mean, she said it publicly, Carly Simon, and she said, you know, when I'm up there singing happily on stage and, you know, jumping around on stage and wowing the audience, it's not that she said it's true. As soon as you go onto stage, you feel, you, 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 you find yourself just jumping into that energy and it's amazing and you really feel the joy. You really feel the expansiveness. But a minute later and a minute before, you're probably one of the most miserable people around in the world. So you look incredibly happy for those moments. And in your everyday life, you're, you really have a horrible life. You have the inner voices that torture you all the time. And the only thing you can do to quiet those inner torturous voices is to sing on stage and jump around on stage. And then when the performance ends, you're back to those horrible inner voices. That's Hollywood. And she was being very open about it because she's Jewish. That's Hollywood. So the people here in America had been captivated by Hollywood. The Reverend I said, no, 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 I, I, it's okay. I don't fall into the Hollywood thing. That's okay. I know the truth. Question was, was he right? Of course he was right. Look at the proliferation of Torah and truth that's happening in America, in North and South America. It has become not the receiver, but the giver. In other words, let's just say it in one more way and then we'll, we'll speak about wealth. What the, what the people here were saying is, Europe is a place, a giver. It can shine holy light onto this desert of America. America is such a place that it can't even receive. It just, nothing will grow there. You know, like hair on the palm of your hand. Nothing will grow in America. It's not even capable of being a recipient for Torah light. So Europe gives, but nobody's here to take. Europe is wealthy spiritually, but America is so poor, it's not even poor. The word is not between rash and dal, those words are poor. It's so empty, it's so poor, it's so, it's so incapable of receiving anything. The Reverend Rayat said, that's where you're wrong. And what he was implying was there will come a day when the place that you think is so poor that it can't even receive will then become the wealthiest and it will shine light to the formerly rich place. And that's the way it is. America <clears throat> shines light onto Europe and is the source and shines light even to Israel. And the center of it all is here, in a sense, in one way. So how does this, how does this all divide the, um, have to do with wealth? So when the Rebbe is coming along and saying that every Yid has to, uh, every, every single Yid is gold. The Parsha, Parsha's Truma, is all about creating a Mishkan, building a Mishkan, and the first of all the things that's mentioned is gold, not because it's the most, not because it's the most plentiful, not because it's the most expensive, but because 
the one who builds the Mishkan, the Jew, he is gold. In his source, he is gold. Gold centers. Yeah, and I think, Bari, um, we'll leave that for now. Not to complicate it too much. But the Jew who is gold, by definition, he was brought into this world to attract gold. When you think about it, for many, many generations, they accused us of being people who had a lot of gold. Well, they didn't let us do any other jobs, what they expect. All we could do was be money lenders. There was no, there was no ability to do anything else. But that's not the real reason, though. We couldn't have any other job, so why were we dealing with gold? Because in our source, we are gold. Zahab, Zahnaitinbari. We are givers. We are givers of life. We are wealthy. We are in our source wealthy. We are, you know, let me into the factory uh, to buy wholesale because my sister-in-law's husband uh, owns the factory. You know, or my brother-in-law owns the factory, so let me in. You know, I have I have connections. We have the highest connections to the source of gold. Source of gold is Hashem. And we are one with him. We are gold. So by definition, when you think about it logically, just disconnect yourself from your own financial situation now. Don't think about that. But just think about, in truth, if a child who knows nothing about paying mortgages and paying bills and paying tuition and all that, he just knows, he just learns a simple concept in Tyra. A normal five-year-old child will say, so isn't the, so then I guess every Jew is rich because if, if Zahav, the, the Jew is gold, Zahav, Zen Eisenberg, he's the one who gives gold to the Mishkan to build the base of Migdash. The base of Migdash was essentially, is the base of Migdash of gold. So then the one who gives it is gold. So a regular, healthy, normally thinking child will conclude, oh, I guess all Jews have a lot of physical gold. That would be totally logical to him. And it should be totally logical to us. Except that then we see all the bills that come in the mailbox and we say, I don't know if it's true. The child who doesn't see the bills in the mailbox, he figures, I guess every Jew secretly has gold. You know, a really small child will go in people's houses and say, gee, your house looks um, very uh, simple. Do you have your gold hidden in a back room or something like that? Because for him, it's obvious. We're all wealthy. Because we're Hashem. Hashem is the source of all wealth, and we're one with him. So what does it take for him to share the wealth? Plus, plus, plus that, that we are gold. So when the Rebbe comes along and says, now we have reached the moment because of all the Avaita that we did and moving all the blocks out of the way, that a Yid has to make an effort to become wealthy in all things. We have to we have to make an effort to be wealthy in all things. Does that mean physically wealthy, financially wealthy, or spiritually wealthy? But we know, before we figure that one out, we know we have to make an effort now at this point in history to be wealthy in all things. Okay, how does it start? Um... On Haibin Dikfun, starting with Ashiris in Ruchis. Starting with, we need to make an effort to become spiritually wealthy. When Ein Asher Elabadas, there's no wealthy person other than in Das. One second. Erzul Zain Reich in Tarmitzvah, he should be wealthy in Tarmitzvah. Um, 
And also he should be wealthy financially. So that we we need to be we should make an effort to be spiritually wealthy, and then from that to be physically actually practically wealthy because we need a lot of money to do all these mitzvahs. And our job ultimately is to build the third base of mitzvah. You need a lot of money. You need a lot of gold. So, what does that have to do with test other? Hear this puzzling statement. We need to be wealthy, Baruchnius, as it says, Ein Usher Elabedas. Really, that's in Micha, Zion, Tesfav. Really, it says, Ein Ani Elabedas. When a person is poor, it's because he because he's, he's emotionally poor. In other words, there's something about his integration of truth his dealing with truth and actually making it a part of his reality that is lacking, is poor. Ain ani elabadas. There's no, right? Ain ani elabadas. But here the Rebbe turns it around and says, and it's clearly also written here, we're used to, you know, if you're poor, it's because you have a poverty mentality. But ain usher elabadas. There is no wealthy person other than someone who has a, who's wealthy and dies. So what about the people who are, you know, total nincompoops, but they have a lot of money, but they don't have dust. So the real wealth is they have a lot of dust. What is dust? So some of these things that we've just been saying now. Dust means, let's just say it this way. The people who spoke to the Reverend Ayaz and said, it's not going to work over here. You cannot make this a place of Torah. They did not have dust. That was the most painful thing, thing for the Reverend The Reverend said, I never cried in all my life when I said Krishna that night. In my whole life, I never cried like I cried that night. Not because, oh my goodness, I thought I could make it work in America and I didn't realize I can't. Obviously not. But really the feeling was, wow. Wow. After all of this learning Tyra for decades, these people still haven't figured out Alice faith. They still don't have any dots. It's all stuff that they just regurgitate. And it comes out the same. They have no idea what they're saying. They didn't, they didn't chaptich that if a Jew is one with Hashem, and it's Hashem's world, and we're going into Geula, how can you possibly say you can't, there's a place in the world that cannot be a center of Torah. By definition, that doesn't make any logical cognitive sense by definition. So how can you possibly say that stuff? The only way you can say that stuff is if you have, it's, you don't have any jobs. You can say it, you can repeat it, you can write books, you can this, you can that, but you didn't get it. What Tyra is really telling us. And one of the reasons that the Rebbe Ayat and then the, and then his son-in-law, the Rebbe, came to America is to, pre, to, to teach Yidden and to teach the whole world Tyre in a way that you get it. You have Da'at. You finally understand what, what Tyre is saying. Hashem is believable, unlimited, and you're one with Hashem. Pure, it's simple, simple, what is it? Algebra. A equals B, B equals C, C equals A. You are, Hashem is infinite. You are one with Hashem. 
Therefore, you must be infinite. Therefore, you probably can do anything. Therefore, probably nothing stands in your way. There's only one thing that stands in your way. Your da'at. Do you have it? Do you not have it? If you have it, then you know that nothing stands in your way. If you don't have it, then you fall prey to Hollywood. Hollywood becomes your standard of reality. I want to be in America, meaning Hollywood America. So this is the connection. This is the Nesinus Kayach of Tef Other. This is the power of this day, that it's the day when the penny drops. Boom. Not only is the Reb, did the Rebbe Reyes come to America, it's like he's coming to America, the, the measure of the generation, he's coming to America, and he's putting his foot on American soil and saying, America, America will be, will no longer be a place of Hollywood. But rather, we are here to fill America with such truth that the founding fathers who wrote on the dollar bill in God we trust will finally be proven to be, have, to be right. They put it on the, and these are not the Jewish people. These are the founding fathers of America. They said America is based on in God we trust. And they put it on the holy dollar. And when Yidden came to America and the holy dollar at the turn of last century, the holy dollar appeared to them without in God we trust, it got very, it got very tough. And therefore, 40 years later, we have a revolution that begins on test other. The revolution is we Yidden are spiritually wealthy. We have Tyra. We have Tyra truth. That means we are spiritually extremely wealthy. Matan Tyra did what? It removed the barrier between spiritual and physical. And every generation when we have a deeper Matan Tyra, and especially when the Reverayats comes here to make Torah real, to give us sort of the next leg of the journey in Matan Torah, as he steps foot on American soil, what happens is yet another barrier between spiritual and physical is removed. And in this case, many years later, we're talking about from 1940 to 1992 is uh, 40 and, oh boy, 1940 to 1992, 50 years? No. 52 years, 52. Okay, great, none days. So, 52 later, years later, is a declaration by his son-in-law, the Rebbe, who says, our spiritual wealth now should, is, is ready to be expressed without the barrier in actual physical, practical wealth. If once upon a time there was somewhat of a barrier between spiritual and physical, and that was removed somewhat at Matan Tyra, and every generation is removed more and more and more. The final barrier has been removed enough that now not only can we be physically, financially wealthy if we step into our spiritual wealth, but we should. The time has come for us to gather up all the gold and silver and copper in the world into our hands and use it to build the 
third base of English. And that's the reason the wealth should belong in our hands, because we, we know what to do with it. So may we be benched on this day of test other. Other is other Bamar Mashem. As we said yesterday, if you want something to grow, plant it in the month of other. The Reverend Ayat planted. In God we trust in America, on Tess Adar, and Tess is nine truths, so we are at a moment of great truth when the truth needs to come out to the entire world. We need to have it in the way of the deepest das integration and bring that deep integration of truth into the entire world and find ourselves together with the entire world in the base of Mikdash Shlishim now.